0: Welcome, everybody, to this podcast series. My name is Gabriela Ranker, and this will be the first episode on the series called "Wisdom from Meditation Teachers." I was very fortunate to be able to interview Louise Gilmore. Louise is a lecturer teaching transformative meditation at the Awareness Institute in Crowsnest. She used to be a journalist and a researcher before beginning a career as a community educator facilitating meditation training for cancer support groups at Manly Hospital and later becoming the president of Carers Australia. She previously taught meditation at Nature Care before joining the Awareness Institute in 2008. Louise is definitely a pioneer in the field of teaching meditation in hospitals. It was just such an enlightening experience today to talk to her And hear her wisdom, her enthusiasm, passion for meditation. I really hope you get as much out of it as I did. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Louise. We had a good laugh, a good chat, and I really learnt a lot. And I hope you do too. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Louise. Thank you. so much for agreeing to be interviewed for this podcast. My pleasure. And sharing your wisdom and insights about meditation and teaching meditation teachers. And yeah, we just want to start with how long you've been practicing meditation for. Um,
1: I started. Uh, I learned to meditate in nineteen seventy eight. Nineteen seventy eight. Well wow. Seven. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago, over over forty years. Yes. Yeah.
0: And do you follow a particular tradition or do you have different approaches when it comes to meditation? Well, when
1: I learned to meditate, um, really the only place um, that was available was through the transcendental meditation system, which is a kind of Hindu-based practice. So that's how I learned and that's a mantra-based practice and I did that for about 10 years. So for that time, I was definitely... I wasn't part of the system but I was practicing that practice Uh, and then I, because my background's in journalism, I became interested in researching what other traditions had to offer. So that opened it up and I started to pick and choose, you know, from a whole range of traditions. Yeah, okay,
0: great. And was it your personal experience with meditation that led to teaching when you learned transcendental meditation did you teach that
1: or no 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 because you have to be part of the the sort of um system there, right. you know and and accredited and um i actually um i it, it was really different so i just was a meditator for about 10 years and then i got the chance of um a job as uh, running a, a cancer support group uh, in the health system and so I that that job was um, largely based around teaching people with cancer and their families to meditate because that was at a time when meditation had come into people's awareness as being useful in uh, you know, working with with cancer and and family members as well. So it was a place where people could learn to meditate and without going to somewhere religious. Mm. Um, So uh, a, a psychologist set it up and then ran a training program and I sort of graduated from that training program, which was really a bigger thing about how to facilitate groups and how to facilitate them in a way that was not just peer support, it was more therapeutic. That was the intention anyway. It was more a more in, uh, therapeutic intention than that. And so there were a lot of psychological aspects to it that she trained us to do. Um, I worked with a colleague who'd also been through the whole program and um yeah we we were based at manly hospital but we also used to go to other hospitals on request and um that went on for 14 years wow and i left at that stage and it continued wow yeah so it was a very successful program and that program what what kind of um practice was that based on well, that was part of me getting interested in researching. Mm. And because I was then working in the hospital system, um, I used to go to the hospital librarian at the end of every year and ask what are the um, uh, research papers in English um, that have been published in the last year on meditation and its value. So I used to, uh, over the years, I just gathered all this um, material Uh, I also loved going to courses and training. So the first uh, meditation was was a Hindu-based one. And then I became interested in Buddhism. And then I did some Sufi training. And, you know, and those Eastern traditions were the ones that were available in those days. They were accessible. Um, You know, and all of the religious traditions have meditation practices. But in those days, they weren't as readily available. So, um, yeah, I, um, I I just uh, picked and chose the things that I thought were helpful mm. and that kind of balanced each other because my experience by then was that not every meditation practice suits every person. And so people can go along, learn a particular practice and then not do it because it really doesn't, it, it's not for them, mm. it doesn't doesn't sort of play to their skills and and their interests if you like yes and so um, ultimately i did devise this course that um, had a whole range of things that i thought would enable people to go through it and then pick what really works for them and take that practice forward as their practice if they wanted to or keep doing a range of things Interesting. And what a successful program. And did you see
0: um, changes in people that were living with cancer or their evolution with their practice through meditation?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It it was really remarkable. It was Mm. a a wonderful job. Mm. People used to say to me, oh, isn't it depressing? But it was actually a really wonderful job because people would go from being highly stressed i mean of course a diagnosis like that Mm. is so stressful and so stressful for families and so on and they would start to settle down and of course a big part of it was that they were meeting in a group of people with similar problems and that peer support was huge so um you know my colleague and i were sort of delivering the aspects of it—it it wasn't only meditation. It was all sorts of ways in which people could approach having the illness of cancer, right. and it was supported through the health system. You know, so they were—they were often very conventional approaches, and and, um, and the people um, they would outlive their prognoses by a long time. You know, I had a woman who had three different sorts of cancer. And she probably came to the cancer support group for about 10 years and she just kept living. Mm. She just kept going. Mm. And and, and long after the cancer support actually closed, the group closed down, I was still in touch with her and she was still doing her practices and Mm. still going and she had cancer... You know, all over the place. Oh so wow, amazing! That was one really outstanding example of, mm. of the benefit. But people would also talk about how much better they just felt, how much less stressed and highly agitated, and and how much easier it was to talk to their medical advisers. Because and that was that was one of the things that the visiting um, oncologist. Uh, said, and, and the reason why he supported the program was that he found talking to his patients easier and that they were more, less agitated, more focused. He was able to give them the information. I mean, he was an exceptional doctor who really um, supported, understood yeah. the, yes, understood the sort of value of hope mm. as a as a A driving force yes yes yeah Mm.
0: and was there any research uh projects taking place over that time with that group uh no right no yeah Mm. that would have been interesting it so would have yes yeah (laughs) and gosh that's just such a i mean you really just sound like a pioneer in teaching to cases that wouldn't have been exposed to something like
1: meditation absolutely yeah. and, and you know i have to i have to um acknowledge manly hospital as you know really making a place for that mm. and continuing to pay us for all those years yes. and, and um and and also because we were trained by a psychologist um th- there there was a, a relatively short training program, quite intense but short of about three months and then she kept mentoring us for a year. And she was paid, you know, yeah. she, she was funded to do that. So, I mean, that was a, a huge vote of confidence. Does that still go on, that support group? I don't think so. Like, does, um, or is there anything like that at, at hospitals, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, right. yes. In fact, North Shore has a well developed. Uh, cancer support program. Right. The SAN has a big program. There are other programs that are run not in hospitals but in sort of community centers and that sort of thing. So and they teach meditation as part yeah. of that support group. Yeah. yeah. Oh terrific. Yes. That's great. In fact it would be unusual these days to find a support group that didn't have meditation as part of what it did. I right. Would say. That's Guesswork, but I, I think so,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes sense because there's been so much research to um, support the benefits of meditation, yes, yeah. And really, just as a, a tool for the mind to
1: be free and clear and present, and yes, and it helps decision making and right, and, you know, all of those things. And, and the thing is that for, for, it, for people that it kind of isn't, you know, it doesn't speak to them they tend to just um, drop out, mm. you know. So, um, you know, it's offered to anybody. And if it really doesn't work for some people, and that's the reality and that's fine, it's not for everybody. Yes. Um, you know, they just vote with their feet and yeah. not, not come anymore. You yeah. Know? yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. I think you really, um, by saying finding that practice that works for you as well that's that's key too yes that those people might go away and find a different practice or maybe just gardening or just being present yeah watching a sunset is the same
1: yeah yeah and when i was teaching in the college running running those programs um i i had lots and lots of students who said oh yes i learned to meditate but i didn't keep doing it Um, and so then we could have this discussion about try different ways you know as the course goes on and just see which one because when I learned and I learned that mantra based practice I loved it from the moment I did it I looked forward to these 20 minutes twice a day when I could go in and sit down and all my problems would fall away and I felt like I had a lot of problems and and so I was highly motivated to keep doing it. Mm. And that's what I was hoping to find, to offer to people, that somewhere in that whole range of practices, there's there's something that will speak to you and will motivate you to do it.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. and um, And I believe we probably all have that defining moment when you learn meditation, what does work for you and... I remember, um, and this is going to be my next question, about the moment that defined the practice had benefits for you, that you realised the value and that people learning this practice would learn that value that you received. And I remember being in your class and you were just doing a letting go practice and you just, there was just a moment you said let go and I just let go of everything. And it's like I just opened up to that, dimension inside it's just always still always present and that's how it felt to me that i yeah. finally just yeah. it all just went yeah. and it never and that was it yes. it just sort of went i don't want to say a level but yeah. wherever i went it just shifted and i yes. just didn't move back to where i was yes it was like yeah. a little stepping stone
1: yeah. yeah yeah and if you meditate regularly um it, it becomes impossible actually to go back to the level of stress that you would have held before, yeah, you just can't, you do, yeah. <laughs>
0: no. yeah, yeah, yes. That's um. And I was talking to a teacher yesterday that was just saying that similar thing, like, well, oh, that how meditation has just changed her life. She's just so happy mm. now, just mm. happy.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know meditation sees you through, you know, all the yeah. ups and downs, mm. and I think it gives. Well, I speak for myself. I think um, learning meditation kind of gave me the courage to be present with myself when things weren't going well and I wasn't happy, and just to be with that, because I don't see the role of meditation as making us happy. Mm. Life is not like that. Life is happy sometimes and not happy sometimes. Yes. And staying that's the gift is staying present with yourself through the unhappiness through Mm. the shit that goes on sorry (laughs) you know through all of those difficulties as well as staying present when you're happy and you know all of the 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 delightful things that we're happy to claim But it's not about pushing anything away and I think that's one of the most important things for somebody who wants to teach meditation, to really get in themselves that it's actually okay to be absolutely miserable and be present with that. And how do you do that? Well, you do it by entering that space that you've trained yourself to enter when you weren't so miserable, and and then it's a resource for you. You can go there and be with yourself. Mm.
0: I find that sometimes I just don't enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like whether it's my own meditation practice or even teaching. Like yeah. sometimes I come away and go, I just didn't yes. enjoy that. I didn't get to. Yeah. And other times, I have these really incredible experiences, and I think it's that. To that non attachment and judgment about what it is and what it isn't. And it's always changing. And And,
1: and one of the traps, I think, is to hang on to those incredible experiences and make that, (laughs) oh, you know six months ago i had this amazing experience and then it becomes two years ago and 10 years ago and you're still there yes in that and that's who you are that person who had that amazing experience yes instead of just letting it go and allowing the you know space for the next experience whatever it may be to arise Mm -hmm. that's so true because I
0: have had those moments, and then you just want to get back there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's
1: so true. To look forward to the next time. Yeah, and, and yeah. if you if you had a traditional guru, um, and you were going to the guru and saying and reporting, you know what, what was going on in your practice, which is not how we teach it in the West. Um, but if if that was the case, there would be times when that teacher would be saying to you, "Don't meditate." You know, as you said, go and garden. Just go and, you know, walk. Do something else. Just don't do the practice for a time. You need to stop for a little while. Okay. Yeah. Did you have that, a guru? Right. Yeah. No, 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 I didn't have a guru, but I learned that. I've never actually had a... Well, I've had amazing teachers, but I never... It uh, hasn't been defined for me in that term of guru. Right. Um, but I've certainly read a lot about it and understood that that um, meditating every day, if you're in the Western world where you hold a job and have a family and all the other things, is not always going to be what you need to do, you know, and that that's okay too. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: haven't heard that before and... Yeah been wondering about as well with all the apps that we have and different traditions of practice do you believe that they all have value or do you only advocate for certain practices uh, because we don't have that guru or we don't even maybe even have a continual group we just maybe have the app that we listen to and yeah yeah.
1: well I don't know all of them so I I can't really assess whether Mm. they're all good um, you I've, know that some are like um, evidence based
0: and they've been created by Macquarie Uni and that yeah, kind of thing. Well, yeah, if, like,
1: if it, if it yeah. sort of works for people. Yeah. Um, I do think there's probably value in being in a, some sort of group setting with some sort of teacher tra- trained to some sort of level with whom you can discuss what comes up and with you the peers you know the other people in the group or the class or whatever i do think there's value in that 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 can't because if you come on a stumbling block and there are stumbling blocks in meditation if if that happens um it can mean you stop doing it mm. if you don't have support and a bit of guidance at certain stages so um yeah i and i um because I've been doing
0: corporate work, and everyone wears a mask at work, and I yes. wondered about that because and I keep it very I keep it you know very on the level of mind training, it's yeah. not religious, and I teach sort of in the style of what you taught me in that yeah John Cabot's in mindfulness and but I do wonder what people may have happened to them, yeah, and that mm. kind
1: of made me think, oh. What would you suggest in those corporate well, I, settings? Yeah, I, th- I think you're yeah. right. I think it's unrealistic to, mm. to expect people to uh, open themselves up in front of their work colleagues. Yes. Um, you know, not even fair to... to expect you know, it, yeah. Even, ...even imagine that that might happen. Um, it depends how dedicated you are, really. If you're teaching in a corporate setting and you want to say to people, if something comes up that disturbs you, here's my number. <laughs> <laughs> I I often give people my my number, and people hardly ever ring me. Yeah, yeah, so, or if you spot somebody, you know, and you see that Mm. there's something big sort of bubbling away, then at the end it might be worth going to them and saying, I just noticed, you know, whatever, and... Uh, I'll be here for another 15 minutes. If you'd like to have a chat about what was going on, I'm really happy to talk with you about it About it in relation to meditation. Yes, that's, that's a and, good point. And, you know, as you're packing up, you know, that's an opportunity for, for that particular person. For conversation. But then on the other hand, you don't always... The person who's going through the most doesn't always show it. Well, that's true as well, yeah. and, and I think it's back to that whole mask at work
0: because yes. if you kind of let a little bit out, it could end up being a lot. Yeah. And um, and I think there's there's so much um, information out there saying meditation or mindfulness can then you know it's you got more clarity and that you can work yeah. at a faster pace. Kind of you know it's it's, it's kind yes. of given this all these to benefits all these benefits in the corporate set yeah. setting um, I asked a place for a, a a testimonial for my website and the lady wrote oh I enjoyed it so much I was so relaxed I didn't want to go back to work
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's not in line with the yeah yeah and I got so much more done and yes. I just thought that was funny and, and well, yeah what do you have any you know insights about that about is there anything you've heard about meditation that you kind of go, "Oh, that's a funny thing to believe it can do"? Just in that, I just find the work, the corporate kind of information can be, I think, misleading.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think the way that meditation is presented in magazines and and so on is is very shallow, and it's based on um, getting something mm. out of it. Yes, and. You know, this is not a popular point of view, um, but really, meditation is not meant to be, um, you know, diagnose this problem, stress, you know, anxiety, sadness. Do these practices fix it? It's a that's a kind of medical model, yes, which doesn't work with meditation. And so, um, I think, I think, um, but on the other hand. I think what what you can do so people who might teach in the corporate area or anywhere in you know anywhere really um, is you can introduce it meditation to people at the level that they're at and hope that you've ignited a spark or planted a seed mm. and that at some point it will be time. For them to explore it more deeply. Yeah, that's my that's my feeling about it. Okay. That, that and and so you don't have to. You can. I think you can correct people who have that sort of, um, you know, mistaken belief that it's going to solve all their problems. Yes.
0: Um,
1: you know, if if that uh, comes up in a class, you you can have a discussion about that. Um, but um, you you, you don't have to own their outcomes yes um so really as i said before you're giving them the teachings you're giving them the practice and then it's not yours anymore it's theirs and what they do with it is up to them and people will come to it in their own time or Mm. it won't be their own time and they they'll lose interest yes and that's okay you know yes what I, what I feel sad about is that so many people who over the years have come to my classes feel like failures. And some of the people in my classes had to do meditation as part of another course that they were doing at the college. So it was a compulsory part of it. And they'd come in and say, well, you know, I'm no good at it. I've failed before, you know, because they think something wrong about what should be happening in their meditation. So for me, that's a wonderful opportunity to get their thinking right and not have them feel like I can't... do it. The rest of the world doesn't have a racing mind, but I have a racing mind and I can't do it. And that's kind of what they've been led to believe. And, you know, to just say to the whole class, who has a racing mind? And the whole lot put their (laughs) hand up.
0: And then people start
1: to realise, oh, you know, I'm not such a failure after all. That's so true. That's, yeah. Yeah. And it's a terrible to think that, that a practice like meditation can be looked at from the point of view of success or failure. It's just not like that.
0: Yeah, and it's such an evolution of where you go with it as well. Yeah. Like from my own experience, it, yeah, it just always changes. Yes. And then, and then that feedback you get from people... Changes the way you see it as well because yes. people j- experience such different things and I had a, a Client um, just came to my Friday night Dropping class last year and he said towards the end of last year. Oh, I've tried all these different practices and apps and I went here and I went there and I just never got it and just these last couple of months I finally get it and mm, how yeah, yeah yeah just yeah. It, whatever it was it just worked yeah. or, or
1: or that was just a build-up as well a part of it a yeah. part of yeah I remember and the, there was something already yeah. in him yes that kept him searching rather than just saying oh yeah know, forget it
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and Louise this is just something I I because there is
0: so much research out there I just thought, is there any research that you've come across that you find really fascinating? I was just reading this one the other day about almost 2,000 people meditating to uh, um, the intent of affecting the field of consciousness in America yes. yeah. and in measuring violent crime lowering. And there is a lot of those kind of global
1: meditation projects.
0: What do you, yeah? How do yeah, you. Yeah, well, that,
1: that particular one was um, set up by the Trans. Uh, transcendental meditation people um they have a a university in america and they for many many years they've done a lot of research which is not um well accepted in the sort of scientific community because it's like uh, they're researching themselves you know so it doesn't have that sort of distance that that science likes but what's happening now is that um, scientists who are themselves interested in meditation are doing research which is replicating a lot of the things that were done in-house by, by these organizations and, and sort of validating them. So in terms of one particular thing, I mean there, there's, there's lots of amazing things and um, I can remember hearing a, um, a talk at a conference by an American, uh, scientist. Oh, this is a bit off the top of my head. Um, and he was talking about, um, this scientific thing called dose response, I think it's called, where the more you do, the better results you get, you know. And they were finding that with meditators, the more they do, I mean, there's a limit, you know, (laughs) it's not expected to meditate all day, um, but the more that the more you do and the more you put into it, the more the, the, these kind of benefits and um, the more expansion people get. So I think um, the research has gone from, oh, yeah, maybe that's not a a good thing. I I can't really think of any very striking thing right you know I mean I could go and look something up but it's not in my head at the moment
0: what about just global meditation projects what do you think of that raising consciousness and do you yeah do you believe that's possible that if everyone meditated at the same time at you know around the world that can actually not about believe it.
1: I mean I think it's definitely worth a try. Yeah, <laughs> You know, but yeah. but I you know, one thing that meditation has led me to, which is maybe very different from other people, is I no longer have a belief system. Yeah.
0: Okay. I don't
1: need to believe this is the right way, this is the right this is the right way. Yes. Um, it's just what unfolds. And so i I must say I don't really believe you know in terms of having a belief that I want to impart to anyone else mm. I don't have one, yeah, so you know things are worth trying, and that's that's hopefully that's a very benevolent thing for people to try to do and the more benevolence we can bring into the world. Well, it can't be bad. That's absolutely true, yeah, <laughs> yeah. just building love and kindness and yes. compassion. Yes, um, and being with other people and yeah. all of those things. I think it's... it's, it's. How, how can it
0: not be beneficial? That's that's such a good point, yeah. and um, I love that you say that about that unfolding, and um, my, my last question really for you was, what is the one thing you would like everyone to know about meditation? But I really do you feel like that answered it? because yeah that it is that unfolding and and it, it's
1: so individual it it's you it's what you do and what you make of it in your life um and and there are basic practices and you know what you don't have to um become more and more advanced you actually even though i teach it you know experience let's say experienced students yeah um you actually don't have to advance you can keep doing the simplest of practices and as you grow what the practice gives you will grow mm. and I'll tell you just to finish this story that it did impress me um I went um with Tenzin Palmo the um yes the English Tibetan nun, nun in the Tibetan tradition, on a, a, a pilgrimage back to her cave in oh, the Himalayas. Wow. And I met, we went to this um, nunnery and, and a temple and we stayed there in, in quite high altitude just below the cave and we had to climb from there up to the cave. And we met these very, very elderly nuns who had lived there most of their lives. They were just incredible women. You know, they were local women from the area who'd become nuns in their youth, and they were now aged, you know, 70s and 80s. And because of the way that system works, because of the way that system works, Um, women were not given the high-level teachings, you know, the advanced teachings. As in Buddhism, in in Buddhism? In Tibetan Buddhism. In Tibetan Buddhism, Buddhism, yeah. Yeah, so they were just given basic meditation practices and off you go and spend your day doing mostly gardening and housework and, you know, all the usual things and the rest of your time meditating with the practices you've been given. And these terribly faithful women... Um, just did these simple, simple practices and they reached a point where they were then recognised as advanced souls. They had done the simplest of practices and it had brought them, you know, through their, I suppose, through their humility and through their, you know, devotion, um, you know, to a a recognised high level of achievement within that system. So, you know, that's, be, that's what's behind me saying you don't have to always look for, oh, what's the latest new practice yeah. to do, and how advanced can I get? Because they weren't exposed to the so-called advanced teachings. No, not at all, no.
0: Yeah, no. interesting. Yeah. And so they thought they were keeping them down by not allowing the advanced teachings,
1: but they they ascended anyway. Or Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then, you know, there was a willingness to recognise their achievements mm. and where they, where they got to. A little rant about <laughs> keeping women down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what an incredible story. Now I, now I remember you talking about that in class. Yeah, about your yeah experience it really struck tests. me. Yeah. I, I remember that quote, and I, I have that quote about... Um,
1: Oh, from tins
0: and polish, yeah. yes, um, yes, and the sandpaper. Yeah, yes. Rubbing well, well, yeah. yourself with velvet and silk may feel very nice, but yeah. but sandpaper will make you whole. Yes, will make yes. you yeah yes. smooth, smooth. Yeah. That was the word. Mm. I love that quote. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Louise, thank you so much. Uh, it's just been such a it's pleasure. It really <laughs> has been fun. And fun. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for listening.